Okay, I'm talking into my phone again, ladies and gentlemen, which must mean the Dane and Nick podcast is back. We are back in action, and this week we'll be breaking down Arizona State spring football. We're in the middle of a 12-part series here. This is part number four, breaking down each and every individual team in the Pac-12 for spring football. But again, this week we will be focused on the Arizona State Sun Devils. So, really quickly before we dive ahead, if you take a look back at ASU's football season last year, they finished 8-5 and five with a nice win against Florida State in the Sun Bowl. They also beat rival Oregon, or excuse me, rival Arizona, and had a huge upset over the Oregon Ducks. So, essentially, they start off hot. Three wins, including a huge road win um, at Michigan State, so send them a 3-0. Then they started to falter a little bit, lost at Colorado, and followed by a four-game losing streak to UCLA, USC, Oregon State, and Utah. So this knocked them back down to 5-5, five and five, and it wasn't really clear how the season was going to play out, but as previously mentioned, they beat Oregon, huge win against the Pac-12 champs and Rose Bowl champs, beat the rival Arizona, and then knocking off Florida State is always impressive. So they finished off strong 8-5, and five. and the one I think really notable thing to take away from last season is Jaden Daniels three big comebacks uh, Jaden Daniels is their star quarterback probably the best quarterback in the Pac-12 heading into this season but he had a comeback uh, against Michigan State completing like a fourth and 12 with his feet scored a final touchdown drive against Washington State and then threw a bomb against Oregon on a third and 16 to seal that victory for them so having Jaden Daniels back is absolutely huge now as always this is Dane and Nick, baby. The podcast, you know, la, 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 fun. Whatever. Bottom line is, we're here to give you some quick information, some water cooler information. We'll take a deep dive into the facts. But bottom line and whole point of our podcast is to get you in and out and quick so you can get some quick water cooler information. Then get the heck out of here. I got live. Our publisher's got live. Dane's got live. And you all got lives right now. Or maybe you don't with, what this, with what's going on in the world. In all seriousness, we'll get you in and out quickly and yeah that's that's what i got someone texted me threw me off why are you texting me full-time job why, why, why are you just gonna text me like that so my preview for the sun devils this year i'm not sure honestly exactly what to say about them they should have really nothing on offset on offense with the exception of Jaden daniels they return a very talented defense with it led by a new defensive coordinator marvin lewis so Dane's going to break down their uh, their schedule in, an, in its entirety at the end of the podcast and his closing segment, take us out. But for me, I'm just going to take a really quick synopsis, not throw too much out there. They have a really easy first three games. Then they face USC, should be three and one reasonably. Have, a, again, a, a nice little stretch of easy games again. So they have a very real ch- uh, chance of starting off six and one. With Herm Edwards' NFL experience, I'd actually fully expect that to happen. Down the stretch, it gets a little bit more difficult, but I'll let Dane dive into the details of the schedule. But I do believe they can hop out to 6-1 and one and ultimately end up around 8-9 wins this year. 10 would be a push, but if they could get that 9-win mark, that'd be a huge step for the program. So that's my introduction. I'll dive, take a little deep dive into the body, get you with some hard-hitting facts. Boom, bop, bang. And for now, from Seattle... Down to Tucson. What's going on in Tucson, Dane? It feels like I've been talking to you less, man. I don't know what's going on, Dane. All right. Seriously, Dane. Get started. Thanks, bud. Thanks, Nick. Uh, surviving out here in Tucson. 
um, yeah, you know, just uh, getting through this virus stuff. But um, yeah, so I'm thinking the Sun Devils um, have a pretty decent chance of winning the South. I don't think they're going to win it because I think USC is the favorite. But I do think they probably come in second place. And um, a lot of that obviously has to do with Jaden Daniels, as Nick mentioned in the intro. Uh, you know, he's, he's had a great freshman year. There's no way around it. Uh, he's probably the best freshman quarterback in the conference, and he's coming back, you know, for his sophomore year. So he's going to have a better understanding of that offense. The only kind of downside of coming back after a great year like that, teams know how to play you. They've have film to study. They know your tendencies. They know your offensive scheme. And they know what you're going to do. So that's one of the few things that's um, you know going to be going against him. But obviously he's a great athlete. He can throw the ball over the field. Um, but more than that, you know, he can run. He can scramble. He can get out of um, you know bad positions and, and still get yards and first downs and keep plays alive. Things like that. You know, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the conference now. I would say he's pr- probably top, he might be top three in, in the Pac 12 in 2020. So um, when you have a good quarterback like that, you're going to win games just because of that. You know what I'm saying? So it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Um, but I'll throw it back up uh, to Nick in Seattle and, and then I'll, I'll give a little bit of a schedule analysis in, in my closing. All right, Nick, take it away. Okay, so um, you know, love to have a lot of fun in the introduction. You know, get, get you ready, get get your viewership popping. But so uh, as we, as I step into my body portion here, I am gonna take a little bit deeper dive. And this week, I'm actually gonna start with the new defensive coordinator in Marvin Lewis. Obviously, he's the longtime head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals in the NFL. He's taking over for, I guess, previous defensive coordinator Danny Long. And one thing I did want to point out about Danny Long is he ran a 3-3-5 scheme. And I think that's probably not aligned with Herm Edwards' NFL-type mindset. It seems like Edwards is trying to build an NFL style, a pro-style team, essentially. Obviously, it's college, so there's going to be give or take. But a pro-style system, bottom line. And it, I can't say exactly what Herm Edwards thought. But to me, and based off... NFL schemes with a 4-3, 3-4, cover 2, Tampa 2, whatever you want to call it. Cover 2 might have not been the right terminology. That's a specific play. But Danny Long ran a 3-3-5 scheme, which I don't think that's probably aligned with Herm Edwards' mindset as a whole. So I think that Marvin Lewis is probably going to run a more NFL-style system, whether it's a 4-3, 3-4. How he implements that is yet to be kind of seen. I don't remember exactly what he ran from the NFL days. I'm trying to pull up some like Madden knowledge from... I was playing probably too much video games in college. But there is a very strong base for Lewis returning um, on the defensive side of the ball. Last year, they only held, they held teams to 22.4 points per game. I'm not going to take too, look, uh, too deep of a look as they're returning players. I think it's more of a system-wide change, and that's ultimately going to determine their success. ASU didn't have like the most notable standouts on defense, um, credit to... Danny Long, obviously I said his gimmicky, his system could be considered gimmicky. Freudian slip, I think it's gimmicky, obviously. But he still held teams to 22.4 points per game. So that's truly impressive. And I think that, you know, um, he's uh, Marvin Lewis is going to have something to build off of. 
And another fun stat, which if I told you what this meant, or if I even understood what this means, I'd be lying to you, but it does sound cool. And according to ESPN's Bill Connolly, ASU returns 76% of its production on defense. What that means, I have no freaking idea, but it sounds pretty cool. And um, the defense is going to have to carry the group this year. And I think that with this kind of strong returning base coming back, along with Marvin Lewis is probably going to be a good defensive coordinator. He's worked with Herm Edwards for a long time. I believe they co- uh, work, uh, coinciding next to each other at Cincinnati. So, yeah, things, uh, things are looking pretty promising on the defensive side of the ball, and it needs to be if ASU is going to take the next step forward. Eight and five was a solid year last year. I believe they're seven and six the year before. So to get to nine wins and keep the move, uh, keep the program trending in an upward direction, that would be really cool to see. On the offensive side of the ball, as I mentioned at the top, and as Dane mentioned as well, they returned Jaden Daniels, probably the best overall quarterback in the Pac-12. He's a great dual threat quarterback. Can I say quarterback again? But seriously, he's a great overall quarterback. And I think he's going to have to propel the offense, but they have nothing around him. I know that a lot of people are predicting ASU is kind of the middle tier Pac-12 team, uh, third, probably third in the South behind Utah and USC off of popular predictions from analysts around the country, around the Pac-12, around wherever. But if you look at ASU's offense as a whole, they lost to no Benjamin. And for me, yeah, he was a good uh, college running back and probably an NFL prospect. I don't know what he'll do on Sundays. But more so than losing uh, their halfback, Benjamin, uh, uh, no Benjamin's production, is his leadership and stability will be missed. He was a guy you could hand the ball off of. And if nothing else, he's probably not going to fumble, probably not going to get a penalty. Nothing that's going to really hurt the team. Granted, he may have not been that huge deep threat. You know, I'm going to take it for 80 to the house like Zach Moss was over at Utah. But Noah Benjamin was a very, very good college running back. And he willed the team at times. He's a physical runner. And he would just truck people and just will his way to victory. And he will be missed. Plain and simple. But again, I wasn't sold on him as an elite playmaker. So I think that his leadership and stability will be missed more than his actual production on the field. But... What is going to be irreplaceable to me is the loss of wideout Brandon Ayuk. I mentioned this uh, in a mailbag question earlier earlier this week. By the way, if you got some mailbag questions, throw them. I'm going to yell at y'all fans. That, that essentially means sending a question to Sports Pack 12. I'll either answer in a podcast or Dane will hit you with a deep analysis and a writing. Whatever you prefer, we'll take care of. You can even specify who you want. It doesn't matter. But so again, they lost Brandon Ayuk. And I think he's absolutely irreplaceable. He was such a good wideout, and having him on the field just it made it was something that defenses had to be aware of for a true freshman quarterback and Jane Daniels as he was last year. It was just that target where you can throw the ball up wherever and feel very confident that at the least Ayuk's going to bat it down and nothing bad will happen. You know he could turn quick slants from twenty yards to eighty yard touchdown. He he made that play against Oregon as we mentioned at the top of the podcast here. So they're not going to be able to replace him. That's I think to say that they are going to be able to replace him would be kind of unfactual. But then again, you know, that's the beauty of college football. Maybe they do have some random receiver on their roster who can duplicate the production and maybe be just as solid as a deep threat. So again, now just to quickly recap the offense here, we've said a lot in five minutes, or actually three minutes on the offense. But so Jaden Daniels, probably the best quarterback in the Pac-12, amazing dual threat, lost halfback, Noah Benjamin, and they lost wideout Brandon Ayuk. So their playmakers are already depleted. And what's even more concerning is they lost five seniors from their five key seniors from their offensive line last year. 
And this is a team that gave up 33 sacks in 2019. So you don't have a good offensive line. You don't have a running back that we know of. You don't have an accomplished wideout that we know of. They really don't have a lot. And this can be very, very tricky for a quarterback who now, as Dane mentioned, teams now have some sort of game plan to figure him out because he's not a freshman, he's a sophomore. There may be some tendencies that they can analyze and take advantage of. So with no offensive line, no wide receiver, no halfback, it's going to be very difficult. Why did Rapify just pop up on my screen? Does anybody know what Rapify is? I think it's just wild. So seriously, what is Rapify? That always pops up on my phone. Someone got to answer. Just mail back that question about the Rapify thing, for real. All right, so anyway, to finish out the offensive segment here, they also have a new offensive coordinator in Zach Hill, who's productive at Boise State. Some people feel that a system may not allow Daniels to create, um, which Daniels can do with his awesome feet and footwork. But we'll see how Zach Hill implements that. Herm Edwards is a great coach, so you can't really make an analysis. We'll just see how um, Zach Hill really runs the system. So again, literally knew everything with the exception of probably the best quarterback in the Pac-12. Very interesting offense, but the defense will have to carry them. That's for sure. As long as Jane Daniels can protect the ball, I think Herm Edwards is a good enough coach with that easy schedule early on to get them some victories and kind of some random facts here to close out Mike's segment. One thing that could really hurt them is ASU had eight early enrollees that Edwards now can't see in the spring ball. And two of these are trio or two of these are running backs in Daniel Nagata and Demonte Trainum. Wow, that's a tough name. Trainum. I'm not sure how to say that. And linebacker Jordan Banks. And those were all four-star recruits. So eight early enrollees that Edwards can't see in spring ball, including three four-star prospects, two of them running backs, and one linebacker. I think this could actually really hurt the Sun Devils. Not that the players won't be able to play, but just that essentially Edwards won't know who to start, who to fill in, and he'll have to do it in limited time. With that being said, I'm going to have Dane take us out. Thanks for listening as always. And seriously, hit us with the mailbag question. If you're looking for more maybe in-depth answer, Dane might be, might be your guy. He always has great insight on his writing columns, his writing pieces. And if you want me to yell at you, <laughs> I may do it. So shoot us a mailbag question for uh, via podcast form. Thanks for listening. Dane will take us out from Seattle. But, 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 but back down to Tucson. Deuces. Right, yeah, thanks. Good stuff, Nick. Uh, well-researched, thorough as always. Uh, so yeah, ASU beginning the year off with Northern Arizona. Always a fun game. Um, Arizona and Arizona State uh, play in AU almost every year. And it's never it's not a rivalry and it's never really close. It's just kind of fun because the um, NAU fans come down from Flagstaff and it's usually a feel-good game for both teams. Uh, and then Arizona State goes to UNLV in Las Vegas. So count that as 2-0. Then they host BYU. So this is going to be the biggest game of their season up to that point. And uh, it'll really decide, I think, how well they do the rest of the year. If they lose that game to BYU, um, you know, it's not looking as good as it could be. And if they beat BYU, well, then they're heading 3-0 and into Los Angeles to place to face USC. And let's say they get to 3-0, and that game against USC is going to be the biggest game of the year for the Sun Devils. If they can come away with a victory in L.A. over the Trojans, man, they could probably win the South. Um, so that opening game of the conference play is going to be huge. Um, really, it, I don't want to say it could decide the South race, but it's going to severely or substantially affect um, the South. Uh, and then they host Oregon State. They host UCLA. 
they go to Colorado, they go to Wazoo, they host Cal, and then they go to Oregon. Um, so all those games uh, that I mentioned before are probably victories except for the Oregon game. So I think um, the Sun Devils handle Colorado. They take down Wazoo, beat Cal at home uh, in Tempe, and also beat uh, UCLA in Tempe. So that's a pretty solid outlook right now. We're probably looking at um, two or three losses at this point of the year. And then they host Utah, which is a toss-up. You never really know um, how that one's going to shake down. If I had to guess, I'd say Utah might get the edge slightly, but um, ASU could probably win that one too. And then they finish the year off um, in Tucson against Arizona. Normally you would say that's a, a victory, but um, you never know with rivalry games. That's a question mark. I would probably predict ASU to win right now, and I'd be surprised if, if they lost to the Wildcats. But So just judging on that, um, you're looking at maybe as as you know few as two or three losses, which um, is really going to set them up for a really good bowl game. They're going to compete in the South. And like I said, that game against BYU is huge. Uh, that's on September 19th. And if they win that game, man, the the game on the 26th of September against USC is going to be the biggest game of their season. And if they can win that one, um, I, I think they probably win the South. And if they lose that one, they probably come in second. So, um, yeah, overall, um, looks like a, a decent non-conference, that BYU game, as I mentioned, and then um, somewhat favorable conference schedules. So we'll see how it all shakes down for them. Obviously, Jaden Daniels is going to be the biggest factor. His development, his um, continued growth is going to make or break their season. And if he has a great year, then the Sun Devils are going to have a great year. Uh, I think um, it all is going to come down to that.